referred to them as grunge, uh, emo. I mean, they've had a lot of names. And then at the same time, if they're really light and they go too far out, they get names such as Barbie doll or cotton ball, you know, either way. So a form with the color pair is very important as far as the elevation that you extend it away from the head. If it's too dark and you can't see through it, it brings all of the uh, target to the face. If it's too light and all kinds of lights going through it, you don't really look at the face, you look at the hair. So you gotta start with form. Your form is, if you, you've seen the pictures of the silhouettes where it has the white and then the black person in the middle and they're turned side and it shows their nose and it shows all of their, their silhouette. Does everybody know what I'm talking about when I mm -hmm. say silhouette? That silhouette is how everybody else is viewing that person that you just cut their hair. Most of the time they're looking at them from the back or they're looking at them from the side. Our choices of geometrical shapes which support our form are any that exist, from an octagon to a star, circle, square, uh, triangles, and uh, I will refer to a square as a box a lot of times. Um, forms are going to happen the more movement you have on the face, the less form you kind of want in the hair. The less movement you have in the face, the more form or more uh, geometrical shapes you want to try to put in the hair. And we have disconnection, which is like taking a circle in the back and a box in the front and stick some, sticking them together. You can do that. You can put them in different areas, different shapes, as long as you know what you're doing. So on form it says almost everything that exists, whether it's created by nature or artificially, it's composed of form, texture, and color. It's everything we just said, but in text terms versus real terms. Take a look around you and notice the different forms, textures, colors that make up everything that you see. In this chapter you will focus on them since it is the foundation of every haircut that you do. If you do not foresee the form that you're cutting, you cannot know the outcome of the cut that you're creating. You've got to know that. If we took a picture, the any picture, what geometrical shape do we see in that? Triangle. <coughs> you see a triangle. the face, which is okay, but if we cut it off and we just looked at the hair, it's square. Yeah. But it is accentuating her nice lips. So that's where the emphasis point is drawn, which finishes the outside of the silhouette. So in order to create the triangular that she's seeing, you've got to cut the square in the middle of it to point the eye in the direction of what to look at. So when a client brings this to you, you're not going to look at that part. You're only going to look at the hair to know the haircut that you're going to be producing. How about this one?
which is what I refer to as the ice cream cone haircut. Because if you don't have the weight here, it's not going to push this line as being wide. So when somebody brings you in a picture, you're not looking at how it's styled. You're looking for that form and how to make that haircut support itself. Because if it can't support it, the client ain't never going to be able to fix it. No matter how you can cut hair, if they can't fix it when they go home, it ain't happening. Sometimes you have to train the client how to fix it. All right, turn over on the next page. I read that first paragraph, not Clara or um, Julian, they've already read. Go for it. In haircutting, form is a three-dimensional representation of a shape. It has length, width, and depth. Highlight that in your book and remember it. That's what it's all about. A shape on the other hand, is a two-dimensional representation of form because it consists of lengths and width only. Think of the difference, for example, between a circle cut out of paper, a shape, and a basketball of form. Some common shapes include the triangle, square, rectangle, circle, and oval. If these shapes were molded into sculptures, they would become forms since they would now have depth and would be three-dimensional. The length arrangements of a haircut, such as long to short or short to long, produce its form. You will learn more about shapes and forms and how they relate to haircuts later in this chapter. Hardest thing to conquer, <coughs> but once you get it, you'll be able to cut hair any way you want to. Anytime you've got length that comes from the apex past the shoulders, you have a rectangle. No way about it. Okay. Rectangle form. But then you've got the whole front that you can do different things with. If you had bangs, you would have a triangle connected to your rectangle. If you had layers coming out here, you would actually have circles that get bigger. And that's where haircutting turns into <coughs> trigonometry. So if you failed algebra, don't worry about it. I did too. Don't like math. But I could do this all day long in my sleep mm -hmm. and actually have been cutting hair five years before I even knew that it was trigonometry. So when people are sitting in trigonometry and they're doing all these numbers and stuff, I'm going, can you put that to use in something? Well, no, this is just how you get the formula. So they're going, I can put that to use. I know what's going on. Mm -hmm. And most of the time, your people that are real good at it can't put it to use, but we can, okay? I'd love to see an autistic person cut hair because they're probably really good at it. Wow. They can like, look at this ceiling and tell you how many uh, ceiling tiles are in it. I'm grateful for that statement because I would tell people I hate algebra. Like, I, I sit right like there and took my test. The length was two hours. I took two hours. Mm -hmm. I thought I did so good. I failed. I cried. I cried. I said, oh my goodness. 
probably been doing hair 12 years before I realized color was a linear algebra equation. Oh my goodness. Okay, now the hair that you cut is going to follow the head shape. So then you gotta decide where you want the weight because everything that starts has an ending point. Okay. So if you're gonna end it here, which will be right at the bottom of the hairline, and you cut everything even, everything's going to pretty much flip out. It's going to be a layer. We'll kind of refer to it as a shag, even though I hate those names, <coughs> because a shag means nothing. If a person's learning to cut a shag, they don't know what they're cutting unless they know that it is a square, 90. If you want it to lay down and follow, you have to cut it in a 45 and then it will follow the head and lay. If you want it to have fullness and kick out, you've got to cut it in a circle. And we've got four places in the head. You have a circle in each one of them when you're doing a circle haircut and then you have a perimeter circle that goes all the way around. Would that be like a round 90? Mm-hmm. Round 90. Exactly. But you have to look at the weight. This one's missing hair. Number three ain't got no hair. So if you want hair in this circle, it's got to come from one of the other three. So then you're going to look at elevation, how far to extend <coughs> it up. So when it falls down, it's going to fall into this portion. So think of the basketball. It's round but then it becomes a basketball. It's still circular, which is what the book just said. Now you got three different uh, points or lines or angles which are going to, uh, they're going to support all of your forms, just like the 45, just like the rounded. Your book don't talk about round, it calls them curved which is probably more pleasant. I call them round. Uh, you have lines, that's like the rectangle. It's a line that when you see length in the back of somebody's head, your eye goes from top to bottom. You automatically see a line. When you have bangs, you automatically see a line okay, of width, where the rectangle is not width, it's length. Now, depth, is everything in the middle. It means how it's going to pop out because you can have a rectangle and bangs and if it's got a lot of depth people are going to try to smooth it down, flat iron it. If it's shorter and you've got bangs and length then they usually want fullness so they want to create it out. If it doesn't have points to fall to, you've got no control over it going out or down. Okay, it'll just lay there stick to the head or it'll just fly out away from the head. Uh, I don't have my books. Thank you. Uh, what part are we? About their points, lines, and angles. Thank you. all forms and shapes. All forms and shapes are made up of points, lines, and sometimes angles. A point is a dot or mark that, when extended, becomes a line. A line is a series of connected points that can be straight or curved and can move in any direction. 
There are three basic straight lines, which are horizontal, vertical, and diagonal. Horizontal lines are parallel to the horizon and are considered stable or restful. These lines create a feeling of maximum weight or stability. Vertical lines, on the other hand, go straight up and down. These lines create a feeling of weightlessness or equilibrium as with a standing human body. Diagonal lines fall between horizontal and vertical. A diagonal left line slants towards the left and a diagonal right line slants towards the right. A diagonal forward line moves towards the face while a diagonal back line moves away from the face. Do you know what they're talking about? A diagonal line going this way shifts the hair toward the face. A diagonal line this way shifts the hair back. Yeah. Got a person. There's a concentration point right at the tip of the ear, which is going to go to the crown. That's the apex. That's the occipital bone. When you cut, and remember, you got no hair here. So when you cut something diagonally, <coughs> it's going to make an X right here at the tip of the ear. Okay. When we say concentration point, if you don't have the hair right here, even if it falls down, it'll make a nice little hole between the front and the back. You will not have a straight line. You won't have a curved line. You won't have a diagonal. You will have a gap. Okay? Now, people's ears are all different shapes and sizes. Sometimes you'll get an ear that's lean back and big, but you still, at that point, will come up from the ear to where you get solid hair and don't always go right by the ear. But the tip of the ear is in direction of where it's going down toward the tip. But in real life, even a kid, think about a kid, sometimes their hair is not even done growing in around their face when you're having to get them a haircut. Or people who have gray, a man with gray, it'll get real thick right there and then it won't match the rest of the hair if you cut it even. So you have to go back and kind of carve it out. Finish it up. Um, there are three, oh, two basic curved lines. Yep, there are two basic curved lines, which are concave and convex. Concave lines curve inward, like the inside of a sphere, while convex lines curve outward, like the outside of a sphere. Both of these lines are combinations of diagonal right and diagonal left line, and therefore create a feeling of movement. Angles are formed at the point where two lines join together or intersect. In haircutting, angles are used to create the shape and form of the haircut. The most common angles are 45 and 90. A full circle consists of 360 degrees, which below has subdivided into 90 degree angles. Yes, cut right there. Okay, so if I'm cutting convex, then I've got to hold the hair like this. Or I've got to hold it like this. Hard to do. But if I take this hair and I extend it beyond where it's being cut, 
So I want it to fall here and I'm gonna cut it here. When I cut this, and because it's over-directed, it unfolds, it's gonna have that natural convex line. Now, concave is a little easier because you can bring out. And that's what we do in a 45. Does that make sense? And what that book's talking about, when it's talking about the 360, um, that's the circles in each quarter and then the perimeter. You can also do that with squares and triangles. what we call inverted. So when you do this, you're going to do a long haircut with layers, which means this hair is going to be brought up, the hand's going to be turned back in toward the tip of this square, and you're going to cut it, and then when you let it fall, you still have length. But at the same time, this too. This point's going to be brought up, and it's going to be angled with your hand, pointing to this point. Does that make sense? And then all of the top, be held straight up and then you have a perimeter square. But the form comes from the inside out because the hair grows all the way around the head. Every square inch of the head usually unless they're bald. Now, <coughs> triangles. I've got my first box and I want a triangle. I gotta split it in two. I can split it this way, or I can split it this way. And what that does is takes all of the weight out of the crown. If I connect it here, keep on going, I'm gonna take all of the weight out of here. That's the hairline. When you do that, this hair is gonna reach and it's gonna be shingled really short in the back. Another box. I'm going to cut it this way. Then I might have a tail on the end of my haircut. If I cut it this way, it's definitely going to lay into the head. Does that make sense? Because when like you're just I looking at it in the book, you don't really know what you're looking at. Yeah, I feel like I have to do it to really understand it. But I, I'm getting... You would... <laughs> All right, 257, points, lines, angles, shapes, form. Form is your trigonometry where it goes all the way around the head. If you're doing a 90 circle, it is what I call the globe at the end. You're taking vertical sections and you are piecing everything inside that globe out and bringing it out and cutting it to a particular length. Triangles, ice cream cone with fullness on top usually, or these nice slanted with the absent hair being in the back. Um, does anybody know who Dorothy Hamill is? 
you'll see those haircuts a lot, but I'm sure they'll come back. And that's with the triangle here, and it looks like it's got a calf sitting on it. Or chili bows back in the day, the little boy chili bow haircuts. Those are your triangles. And then your square is anything that has length and layered. Says haircut form. We've already talked about that. Kind of um, somebody reads structure. Rocky, you gonna read it? No. It's Lindsay. Gonna read structure. is the length being left outside of the blended uniform haircut here. If it did not have that length, this hairstyle would have no structure because you wouldn't have anything there to do. It would look more like a faux hawk. You can shave this. You can leave the length. You can remove it however you want to. It has no structure to the haircut. The structure a lot of people might bring this picture in and won't look like this, but if they don't have that length, it ain't looking like it. So therefore, that's your starting point with all your haircuts. It's the structure that will support the form. If it don't reach it, you can't make it. You have to let it grow. Can somebody grow into it? Yes. Does that make sense? The structure is kind of a little bit hard to understand more so than the forms and the angles and stuff like that. Structure in this one. The length of the top? The top's longer than the side. 
there's an emphasis on that you're right. The lace in the front, the structure. If somebody's got real thin hair right here, and you can't make that heavy weight line under there, this fix has no structure. And the long points coming out are emphasis points. And that's usually what people like about it. But if they come in and bring this and they say, oh, I want that, but don't cut my bangs that short. This is really cut up to the scalp. It ain't looking like it. It will not look like it. Because that is what supports the whole look of that haircut. You got to, when you're looking at the form, you gotta pick out the structure, see if I have enough there to support it. Just like building two by four walls and two by six walls, if you can't support your structure, it ain't gonna last. What time is it? It's 849. All right, look at 296. Grace, you want to read Natural Fall? 296? Well, 258. Oh, okay. mm -hmm. I'm blind in the morning, y'all. Natural Fall describes the hair as, as the length lays or fall naturally over the curve of the head. When I get a the haircut, refer to it as Natural Fall. Okay, natural fall is when you shake your head and don't comb it at all where it falls. Men, for one, like to get out of the shower, shake their head, and not comb it. Their hair has to be cut with a natural fall. Ladies, sometimes, okay, I used to wear my hair about the length of the mid-neck. Five, six years ago, mid-neck. Shake it and go. Did not have to pick up a blow dryer. Did not even really have to comb it if it had the right product in it. And my hair was fixed. How easy is that? Some people love it. Then you've got the natural fall people who are ponytail people and they do nothing but wear a ponytail, ponytail every day. And then you've got the natural fall people won't, but they can't have due to cowlicks. If the hair's growing straight up in the front and it's a cowlick, you're not changing that natural fall even though it's not falling and it's projecting. Whorls in the back of the crowns or double crowns, things like that, you cannot change that natural fall of how the hair grows. You have to work with it in its natural fall. So in other words, where that double crown is going to separate and fall, you have to make that work in the haircut because if you cut into it, it's going to stick straight out. If it's a cowlick in the front, somebody wants side bangs and they're going to flat iron every day. Sometimes you have to leave it a little longer so it has the weight to go over there and join in it because by the time it goes up and you unfold it and you direct it over, it needs a half inch sometimes to an inch and a half to end up where you need it to naturally fall into the haircut. If you don't, it will stick out. Like when you get it over here, you'll see it flip. And that's the people that's always hitting their calics going, I hate that calic, I hate that calic. Can't never get it right, can't never get it right. But you can cut it right to where it will act right, but it may not be the same length as everything. So then you have a point in your haircut Usually, a crown, you're going to make it square. 
So you've got this point that's going to fall somewhere in your haircut here. If you leave it one length, it's going to lay like you've laid a blanket over the top of it, especially if you're cutting everything short. So what can you do then? You can minimize half the weight, make it look airier and feathier, feathery if you take the thinning shears and remove half the weight. I once had an instructor that told me if I wanted to make that cowlick act right, and I've always remembered it, to treat it like a child and give it a whipping and take half its power away. And that's true. You can take that cowlick, you can take the cowlick in the front, the cowlick in the back, and once you know where it's gonna be and you wanna make it easier for that client to get it there, right in the bend. Can I use a piece of yours? When you hold a piece of hair up and it bends, that's the bend. So wherever it bends, go in there and take half its power out. All of your direction from your haircut and your styles comes from the roots. The ends have no choice but to follow. Okay. Very, very important to know. And so when you, like in that bend, would you just take off your thinning shears? No. Never a razor, never chunking shears, because remember it's got to fall down. The thinning shears is the only thing that makes it look uh, even still after you do it and it's taking it out evenly with its notching so you won't even see it in it unless it's not combed smooth if you just pick up a wad of hair and you take those thinning shears in it and you don't have it combed smooth then you don't get the same reaction from the shears so you got to make sure it's thin and smaller sections work better for me might not everybody else my wake leah let's see if she'll read a normal projection. <laughs> Another way to analyze the structure arrangement of a haircut is normal projection. With normal projection, the hair is viewed abstractly as if it were projected at a 90 degree angle from the various curves of the head. This view allows you to analyze the structure length arrangement of the hair. Read the next one. Two areas of the head are used to describe the length arrangement of a haircut. These two areas are divided by the crest, widest area of the head, and are known as the interior above the crest and the exterior below the crest. Well, you can also do it with disconnection hairstyles. You'll do it front and back. They're telling you to do it here, which is going to give you the most weight styles change disconnection is more popular now than normal projection so you've got to separate the front from the back which means if you're going to have a big point coming here in your bob you've got to still have hair here where's that hair coming from it's coming from here so you have to disconnect it because if you blend it in with this hair that's falling short, you got no hair to play with. So on the side of somebody's head, and we use your cinchers and stuff, that is this area right here. That's the weight in it. So that's why when you want a slant, you've got to comb this hair diagonally by the hairline and cut it back here for it to come back in this area of the head. 
These, this is called your blending area. Depending on the flat spot in somebody's head, mm -hmm. you have that same blending area that goes on in the crown. Those are the only areas of blend, the only place you can change direction. And then off of the front of the bangs, where the head starts to curve downward, right here, you can change the bangs. You can do 3D, you can leave them long. You can have a two inch layer up here and have the bangs as long as the rest of the hair, but your blending points here. And how would you do that? You would simply hold it up and direct it back. Yes, ma'am. That's a lot to consume for this morning, right? Mm -hmm. None of that's going to turn out if your body's not standing correctly when you cut it. You can forget it. You will do something wrong. You won't know what you did wrong. And it's just because you was leaned over on one hip or you might have been looking back. Because when you look back, you normally pull back. Yeah, I was talking to so-and-so on this side and I pulled back, or you were in a hurry and you were scooping, but when you get your body out of line, none of the haircuts turn out. If you're doing a circular, your arms are gonna wanna be circular. Okay, you see my circle? Mm -hmm. If I'm doing a square, and if I'm doing a triangle, my arms gonna be triangle. Your arms and shoulders aren't gonna be right if your hips and your feet aren't right. You should, if you're left-handed, you need to project with your left foot. Just, you're going to reach out because it steadies this whole side. And then if you're right-handed, you want to put the right foot out because it steadies your, your balance when you're cutting. You need to practice that. A lot of times I will come up and say, stand on the other side. Sometimes I might have you do a run around the head till I see how to get you where you need to be uh, because of how you project. Some people are ballerinas. Some people are cheerleaders, and some people are the people sitting on the stands, which means they're really relaxed. Which whenever you are, you gotta find your stance to make your haircuts turn out right, and there's nothing wrong with the three. It's just we all ain't the same one. A ballerina will be out here, you know, and then you got the cheerleader that comes in, and then you've got the sluggish bench sitter, but they're all right if you get your form within your arms right and you support it with your body. Does that make sense? Mm -hmm. All right, so we'll start with structure tomorrow. I know it's not structure, texture. This texture and tension and all that is another lot to consume. And if you've never read the hair cutting chapter, now's a good time to read it.